Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The American education system has been in place in one form or another since the early 19th century. Things moved along with a degree of synergy for most of that time. A few notable exceptions, desegregation, creationism versus evolution, and sex ed come to mind. But it wasn't until just over a year ago that a 40-year-old academic concept became the new dividing line in American academics. Of course, we are talking about critical race theory. Critical race theory, or CRT, has truthfully fallen victim to misinformation campaigns from all sides. According to edweek.org, quote, since January 2021, 41 states have introduced bills or taken other steps that would restrict teaching critical race theory or limit how teachers can discuss racism and sexism, according to an Education Week analysis. 14 states have imposed these bans and restrictions either through legislation or other avenues, end quote. Without the term being clearly defined, champions, as well as opponents of CRT, have allowed the term to encompass everything from American history, which is a separate field of study, to a bill backed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis banning private and public schools, as well as private businesses causing discomfort to white people during training or lessons on discrimination. To help us further define critical race theory, make sense of the demonization of the discipline, and identify the benefits of this field of study, I have today's guest, Dr. Camilla Westenberg with us. Dr. Westenberg is a professor emeritus of English and music for over 40 years, as well as the second vice president for political action of the Maricopa County branch of the NAACP. She has spent years lecturing about the difference deficit concept and as such is well qualified to give us further insight into today's topic. We are very fortunate to have our own version of her talk from the circle to the cipher today. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming. Greetings. I am delighted to be here. Oh, I love that energy. What a, what a provocative topic. Yes. Today. Well, well, let's get into it. So talk to us. What is critical race theory? Well, I want to first uh, provide a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. Today, as I speak to you, I am not speaking as a representative of the NAACP, mm -hmm. uh, which is a nonpartisan mm -hmm. um, organization. Uh, I uh, will share my own perspective uh, at 74 years old. Very good. Of looking at the world and being an educator. Uh, with being an English instructor, an instructor of African-American history, mm. an instructor who has had the audacity to delve into hip-hop culture too, mm -hmm. and share my thoughts about critical race theory. And it has been evolving, as it should be. Uh, critical race theory has been around for a while. It is just recently that it has been looked at uh, as a negative entity. And we need to deal with the concept of critical. Critical does not mean to criticize. Okay. Critical means to look at in an investigative manner, to critique, 
to look at all sides of it, to put through a prism and not be one-dimensional in the way you look at it. Race, it's larger than that. I really like to think of it as humanity. It's much, much larger because it doesn't have to do with just the color of your skin or your ethnicity. It could have to do with your religion. It could have to do with your gender. It could have to do with your socioeconomic status, all of which, when you are really investigating and using critical race theory to look at the concept of how the world delves with differences in people and how those differences impact laws, then it's really much larger than race. Mm. It's it's just, it could even be age. Uh, It can be senior citizens and how you look at them and how laws deal with senior citizens or any disability a problem that you that you may have that you're born with and so uh, a theory (laughs) is that you try to identify and it doesn't mean that a theory is one way but it's ways of looking at it and as I got up this morning and I was thinking about coming here today Everyone is complaining about critical race theory in the school. And critical race theory is not really something that is being taught in the public school system. It is something that is being researched academically. Right. Supposition, yeah. Right. Um, But when you think in terms of it, this country and all of humanity has been dealing with critical race theory from the beginning the Constitution, (laughs) the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal. And it was looking at all humanity and trying to make some determination about these differences, if you will, and how to relate to them and how do we coexist with each other. The problem has been recently, in my mind, that a certain segment of society has taken critical race theory and they are intimidated by it. Uh, They are insecure. Mm -hmm. And we all have insecurities. Uh, And there may even be some guilt attached to it. There is. Oftentimes, that's one of the things that they're worried about. Well, my kids will, will feel guilty and you make them feel bad in the classroom. That, that isn't the issue at hand. It, isn't, it, it is a matter of looking at the world as it exists and trying to make it a better place, understanding the beautiful, 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 beautiful differences of all of us. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and that I've seen is that oftentimes critical race theory is it encompasses what my understanding is American history. Mm. What is the difference between critical race theory and American history? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a matter of actually looking at it. There is the thought that 
telling stories do not reflect reality and that some of history is being told through storytelling, Mm. through poetry, Mm. through short stories, and that individuals are just giving a perspective of the world world from their own view. But the fact is, we are all storytellers. Right now in the world, we are dealing with the concept of uh, what is fake and what is not. And so you have to document it through the lived experiences of people. And some of that history has been scribed. It has been scribed by people during that time, by some people who were not even allowed to read or write. So it was an oral tradition. It had to be documented orally. And so the American history is the history of many cultures. Right. Let's think about it. Yeah, absolutely. American history is the Native American. Mm. Okay? Absolutely. And then you have all of the others, other histories that have come here, all bringing their own way of viewing the world. So imagine that, that that's a cumbersome, cumbersome project to bring everyone together and to coexist. Uh, I, I have begun to firmly believe that some individuals, that cohort of individuals that are opposed to critical race theory, that they are insecure. And in some instances, they are addicted to their way of living. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. That sounds fair. Okay. Okay. I mean, we talk about addicts out on the street, but there, there are addicts in penthouses too. Sure. There are addicts in Mansions, they are addicted to power, they are addicted to money. So, when we think in terms of American history, it is not white history. Okay, so how about this? Why would you say American history is important in education? All of American history. Because on this earth, and I'm going to say earth, mm-hmm. we, we didn't make us. We, we, we are here, and we have to live here. We all have the same uh, basic desires. So we have to learn to coexist. And in that process of coexisting, we have to be inquisitive and to better understand each other. It doesn't mean that you have to adapt, but you understand it. Uh, When you reference the the difference deficit concept, when I was uh, working on my master's, I focused on that code switching from black dialect to the standard English. And uh, the theory, (laughs) if you will, some people, perceived the black dialect 
as being inferior when it isn't. It is a dialect, not a language, but a dialect with different uh, syntactical, morphological, and phonological uh, ways of articulating what you want to say. But the message is clear. Absolutely. It is clear. And so we have to understand that there isn't anything that's defective about that mode of communication. As there isn't anything that is superior about standard English, and I'm a standard English speaker. Clearly. <laughs> but it, it, isn't in, it isn't superior to anything else. What I have to generate out of me to say and convey to you is not any loftier than what you may go on the street and speak with someone who has never ever had the opportunity to go to school. So let's talk about this for a second. Um, Let's let's go with this. Why would you say it's important for there to be the education of African-American history in schools? Not just American history, African-American specifically. Well, for one thing, uh, we need to know about ourselves as an African-American. We need to know about ourselves from whence we came Uh, why we are in the position that we are in. Yes. uh, What some of the nuances are about our our lives. Um, Young people today, uh, when you were talking about the the circle to the cipher, they, they don't have a clue in some instances about my experience at 74 years old to a young person in eighth grade coming right out of college. They've never been there. And unless the stories are told within the educational system, they will never know those stories. Give me an example of one of those stories. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a black environment. I blew up, grew up in Arkansas. Um, I couldn't drink from a water fountain. This happened to you? I couldn't drink from a water fountain. I, I could not eat at a restaurant. I could not get a hotel room. I could not use a bathroom. My grandmother and grandfather had to go to the back to go to the, to the doctor, to the colored waiting room. Colored waiting room. There was a separate floor at, um, for African Americans okay. at uh, the hospital. Uh, yes, that was my life until my sophomore year in college when Dr. King was killed. And I never shall forget leaving the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then it was Arkansas Agricultural Mechanical and Normal College, AMNN, and went back home. Students were going home then. And it was at that point that things began to change and uh, you, the desegregation laws began to exist. My sister went to an integrated school, but all of my education was in a black school system. Kindergarten all the way through college and opting to go to a historically black college. And that was not by choice. That was not by choice. Although it was wonderful. I have, I have no regret. I was wealthy. I had love. I had a home. I had a family that cared. I had teachers that cared why would I want anything else? So, so uh, I appreciate you sharing the importance 
of educating all students with black history as well. Mm -hmm. But I think more importantly, I appreciate you sharing your Mm -hmm. experience, you know, going from one chapter in this country to another. And, and, and I think that that goes a long way. But I have to say too, the beauty of it all, that was because the way the world was shaped then, Mm. as time has evolved, I've had the opportunity to go to Europe. I've had the opportunity to go, uh, of course, to London, to France, to Norway. You know, I've had the opportunity to go to several countries in Africa. How beautiful it was. Dubai, my goodness, how beautiful it was to go and know or discover other ways of knowing the world. And that's what you want in the educational system. It doesn't mean that you have to relinquish anything, but you become richer because you know there are other ways, other celebrations, other religions, other foods, other music, other languages. That's the beauty of it. Excellent. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dr. Camilla Westenberg is with us, uh, Professor Emeritus of English and Music for over 40 years, as well as a years-long lecturer of the difference deficit concept. Um, So let's move on. What effect could the banning of CRT and, by extension, American history have on students? They would be ignorant. Well, let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's keep it real. Okay. 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 We're all in this world together. And so if you don't know what is happening, then you are ignorant. You are limited. Your expanse and the opportunity to know the greatness of this earth on which we live is drastically limited, without a doubt. And with understanding that, and not placing any burden on your shoulder, but just looking at it critically, critically, not criticizing it, Mm -hmm. not looking at it as a deficit, But as a difference, Mm. you will begin to know that there are commonalities among us. And with understanding those commonalities, then we will, there is a greater opportunity for harmony and acceptance among us. I mean, think how powerful that, that would be. So, you know, if, if we're going to have this American educational system where 
all men are, and women are created equal. Same there's thing. a whole thing that Same. I mean, there's been there's this been the whole, well, look at all the pronouns out there now. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to put it. I don't know. What to put. <laughs> I haven't. I, I have to get on the boat with that. But um, yeah, we 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 will be able uh, to be more at peace with ourselves, and that's the goal. and to exist. Much better, and I, I do. I, I just firmly believe that this space in which we live, this planet, and I'm and I'm going to say planet because I'm not keeping it to just to America because there's a lot going out there on, in the world right now. I'm sure. listening to the news as I'm coming in. There's a lot happening out there. Sure. Absolutely. There's a, and there's a lot happening, uh, not just with um, um, nationally, but it's happening internationally well and and they are woven together and there's intersectionality there with it i mean one is impacting the other and the other is impacting the one sure absolutely and so um until we understand that education and completely educating is important it's it's, it's you think you think in terms of uh, covid we are constantly learning more and more about it. And the more we understand and the more we learn and we, the more we understand the various aspects of it and how to deal with it, then the better can we exist within the environment in which we are living with COVID. It's the same thing with everything yeah, Ignorance else. is the enemy. I think you, you, you said it great. You, yeah. that, was, that was a great way to, to describe it. So I'm not mad at that at all. Um, how about this? What would you say are some of the falsehoods reported <laughs> by opponents of CRT? Mm. I think you mentioned that it it's designed to embarrass children or make yeah. children yeah, feel yeah. ashamed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that's probably they're probably tripping themselves. Okay. With that, uh, I don't know. Of course, children adapt a lot of what behavior and thoughts, what they get in the home, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I just think in terms of teaching African-American literature, and I have had all races, all forms of humanity in my, in my classroom. At no point, at no point, would I ever have allowed anyone in there who is not African-American to carry the weight of what happened during slavery, the lynchings mm -hmm. on their shoulders, or to ever feel that they had anything to do with it. Because it isn't so. It isn't so. We are extensions of our parents, but we are not of them. I am an extension of my mother, but I am not her. And so I cannot accept the behaviors of my mother. And I've had to deal with that recently as who I am. I'm Camilla. And so uh, I think that is the problem. What, what, what has been said is that it is causing young people to feel insecure. And they are also saying that we're not telling history correctly. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about uh, just recently where we had all of the monuments 
uh, that have been taken down right. um, of uh, individuals during uh, the civil rights period because, again, that's on the other end. We, we, we feel insecure. We don't like for them to be there. I, I, I think that those type of tributes, I, I don't believe in destroying any part of culture. Think about this now. Talk to me. I mean, books should not be banned. Mm. They, should, they just simply should not be banned. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, they are there. You should de- not destroy any intellectual thought processes that are developed because within it, there can be elements of truth. Mm-hmm. Some of it is false. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the problems that we're dealing with today, to answer your question, is this, this business of what is fake and what isn't. We're dealing with that just with science. It, it, it boggles the mind that there are individuals who cannot accept science today. And yet they're living with science all around them. How about that? All around them. Uh, hey, we, we, what, what we're doing is based here right now on scientific exploration. All of these devices, this capacity to generate sound and for it to transmit across. That was science. So why today would we suddenly say that? So that, 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 that's one of the issues that, that's a major concern to me. Uh, the, um, the, looking at science and in investigation as something that is um, bad. I think that uh, the word ignorance, is, it comes back to mind again. And so I think that was, again, well said when you said that ignorance oh, would is. develop, you know. So absolutely. So how about this? Um, I'm sure you know, um, working with the NAACP and working as an activist mm-hmm. for such a long time, how can we, what can we do to ensure that our voices are heard with mm-hmm. regards to what our children are taught? Well, I think this is one, one strategy here is to educate yourself mm-hmm. and to, to be aware uh, you, you really do need to take time and dialogue with children. Pull them away from the television and the video games and um, place them in a space where you have the opportunity for them to look at some, I don't want to say loftier concepts, because some of those shows, are, if you're going to look with them, some of them have some wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Look with them. Look with them and then talk with them after you both have seen it uh, together. Uh, We do need to dialogue with uh, young people. I think we need to not treat them as children as such. We treat them as children, but once they go out into the world, they're going to be exposed to things. And you need to start putting your bids in early on. Okay. 
So I, I think it's very important to dialogue. I think dialogue is the most spending time, spending time. Um, help them with their homework. Um, see them to bed. Eat with them. I mean, this is old-fashioned stuff, okay? Old-fashioned <laughs> stuff, okay? Go to the park. Go on walks. You know, just chill with them. Okay. Just chill with them. Uh, the, the best thing you can do is talk with them and expose them uh, and, and, and pump concepts into them. So let's, them. Let's, let's, um, let's talk about some ways that folks can get involved uh, with the schools and with, you know, the representatives as right. well. How can, right. how can we let our voices right. be heard outside of our homes? Well, well, you can get on the system where you can go to City Hall and voice your, your opinion. Okay. I would, I, again, taking off my NAACP hat, but I will say that Personally, I feel that the NAACP is one of the best organizations that we have that fights for all people. Mm -hmm. It is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People that was founded in 1909, but it was founded by African Americans and Jews in New York, Jewish people in New York City. And it is for the advancement of all human beings. It is there to make sure that um, all peoples are treated equally, and they fight for that. So I would say if you have the opportunity to get involved and attend one of your branch meetings, do that. Uh, There are community meetings. Um, I would say that um, you should go to your city council meetings. Uh, You should go to your... Our school board meetings. Okay. You need to get in there and, and check that out. Um, one of the things that you need to do now with voter suppression that is happening is that you need to double check and make sure that dictated by the state in which you're living, that your voting, uh, that that your uh, uh, that your uh, ballot and your registration is in order, because there are people who are being purged by any number of reasons. So you need to check into that early on, and I would do it several times just to make sure that uh, your voter registration is uh, in order, and if it isn't, make sure you get it in order. Um, Vote, 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 uh, vote down ticket not just for the presidential election. Well, that's that. So how about this? Um, how can folks reach you if they want to learn more? I'm not uh, a, you know I'm not a social <laughs> media person. <laughs> C-A-H-W-E-S-T-E-N-B, as in boy, at AOL. All right. Very good. Well, thank you very much for coming and sharing your thoughts. Um, It was extremely insightful. Uh, And once again, today's guest is Dr. Camilla Westenberg, a 40-year professor emeritus as well as the second vice president for political action of the Maricopa County branch of the NAACP. And before I go, 
let me leave you with this. Living in the information age has its benefits, but naturally it has its drawbacks too. Information wars are being fought, often by people who stand to benefit financially or politically. Getting to the truth of any matter is in many ways more complicated than it has ever been. In recent years, we've seen how our friends and family, and even ourselves, can fall victim to online falsehoods and manufactured narratives. We now see how easily people are influenced by manufactured fear to vote against their interests. However, with respect to critical race theory, we run the risk of having our story whitewashed or even being written out of the story entirely. We need to understand where we've been in order to understand where we are. We need to be able to assess where we are to plot the best path forward. If we do not plant our flag firmly on the hill of full, unapologetic education of our students, then we run the risk of losing the most important information war of all. Not desegregation, not creationism versus evolution, not sex ed, but the war of our own identity. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.